Blog Talk Radio. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Once the six seal event happens and the tribulation trigger has been tripped, Isaiah 24 begins the countdown to the return of Christ the King. A slow ride of 1,260 days that are 16 hours in duration. RangeRadioNetwork.com slash donate. We don't need your money to survive. We pay for the network with our own hard-earned cash. But if you want to help us grow and reach more people, just go to FringeRadioNetwork.com slash donate. For a donation of $20 or more, we'll send you a free network t-shirt. RangeRadioNetwork.com slash donate. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the broadcast. We are your host, Joe Musidlin, Matthew Miller. It's good to be with you today. Uh, Joe and I is going to be covering some uh, rapture ruckus news. Had some rapture news come out in the past week. Uh, Joe, let's look. Let's uh, let's take a look at that news that uh, that come out. I think it was in the Washington Post, wasn't it? I or I know a form of it was also in uh, I can't remember the name of that that particular production. But uh, what say you about this article? Let's see. Uh, let's see, Washington Post. Was this the uh, Iran tensions could fulfill prophecies about the end of the world? And some religious teachers say. Yep, that's it. Okay. Um. <laughs> it's interesting they give uh well they give a ton of names in this um was this was this the same one that they were likening uh the current potus to Esther or was that another one I don't know if if that was it or not but uh yeah go ahead and go ahead and read it what what's the gist of okay it? all right okay Let's see. It's kind of long, but uh, I'll see if I can sum up some of it. Uh, smoke and flames have turned Australia's skies blood red, and wildfires still rage. Dozens of people uh, died in recent floods in uh, Jakarta, and Puerto Rico was hit with a series of earthquakes. The torrent of troubling news swelled in the early days of 2020 as tension with Iran flared after the United States killed Iran's Major General Qasim uh, Soleimani in airstrikes in Baghdad. Late Tuesday, President Trump sought to see American uh, to ease American fears by tweeting, "All is well." Uh, but the conflict in the Middle East intensified, and natural disasters struck. Some voices are uh, taking opportunity to offer biblical interpretations, religious teachers, and authors especially some conservative Christians often draw on these kinds of current events as examples how various predictions and descriptions in the Old and New Testament could be coming true. Uh, many of these religious leaders view actions in Iran 
a Muslim-majority country as playing a uh, special role in these predictions, which usually focus on the apocalypse or the end days. Uh, let's see. Uh, California-based prophecy writer uh, Bill Silas told interviewers this week on the show Prophecy Watchers that Iran is the elephant in the room in the Middle East. He's the bully. Salas suggested on the show that God is angry with the current Iranian leadership and that Christians should watch recent events as uh, see events as likely to fulfill by biblical prophecies. I really do believe this is going to lead to other things, Salas said. This is number one on my radar. Uh, the popular... Christian novelist Joe Rosenberg, who in recent years has led a trip, let's see, has led trips of evangelical leaders to uh, meet with leaders in the Middle East, said uh, that while he is cautious about saying that prophecies from the Bible are unfolding right now, uh, he takes those forecasts from the Old and New Testament seriously. Uh, he interprets biblical texts such as Ezekiel 38, which describes the forthcoming war, and meaning that Iran will uh, ally with Russia and attack Israel. Uh, and he says that Jeremiah 49, which describes the destruction of a nation, promises God's judgment as well as his eventual blessing, specifically on the nation of Iran. But he says Christians should not uh, look at every flare-up as biblical, biblically significant. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of prophecy nuts, said Rosenberg, who, attend, who attended uh, the McLean Bible Church in Virginia for two decades and now lives in Jerusalem. These people uh, who have website in capital letters, letters 90 explanation marks, uh, and it's like, have some decaf, it's going to be okay. Um, it, it kind of goes on and gives some more descriptions of what people are saying, but it it, it kind of goes back and forth as a little bit of hot and cold. But then uh, this is kind of uh, this is kind of where it hits you in the gut a little bit. Uh, while some leaders are offering specific predictions about the end of days, um, others are sounding less uh, apocalyptic in their teaching under Trump's administration than they did in the past. That's because many of them are pleased by his presidency, according to James Beverly, a researcher, a research professor at Tyndale Seminary in Toronto, and author of the forthcoming book, God's Man in the White House, Donald Trump and Modern Christian Prophecy. Trump has eased the prophetic anxieties of the evangelical defenders by advancing their religious liberties and granting some of the leaders access to the Oval Office, Beverly said. The religious leaders who favor Trump, Beverly said, see him as the one chosen by God to restore Israel, resist globalism, as in his slogan, make America great again, and reverse what they see as the moral decay of America, particularly through policies to restrict abortion and crack down on illegal immigration. Um, and then it kind of goes on uh, even to the website uh, pro-Trump with uh, the website Rapture Ready, um, who claims he's been uh, studying this for 25 years. Um, Chariz let's see, Charisma Magazine 
so it, it seems that they're uh, once again uh, promoting the late great planet Earth Left Behind series um, and all this kind of underneath uh, the current administration while not coming out it's almost like they're trying to take two sides to this of uh, of showing uh, almost a hot and cold to it um, that some are saying, you know, uh, you know, uh, take a look at this, you know, watch carefully um, while others are uh, almost in a march uh, behind the uh, uh, current POTUS and, and uh, it's, it's kind of a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a mess. Um, it was the article in uh, in Mother Jones uh, that uh, well they talk about Paula White and Paula White uh, likens Trump to Esther. Um, she has referred to Trump as a modern day Esther and called all of his enemies demonic. Um, and of course, all these people are promoting that uh, that Trump has divine backing, which is is really really kind of off the hook to uh, to say that with his, which is anything other than a Christian background. Um, so it just amazes me uh, that people uh, are full tilt boogie on board with... Uh, now, there are some people that I even listen to in the background, and uh, boy, they are just on board with Trump whole heart and soul. And it bothers me because, well, they know full well that he comes out on video saying that he doesn't feel the need to repent of anything. This doesn't bother him at all. It's it's like they're contradictory in their own thinking. They know this man is as far from a Christian as can be gotten. They, they know that. Um, many of the uh, things he's done is – look, it's just a matter of public record what he is. He, he he doesn't hide it from anybody. So that's just kind of off the hook that they continually prop these things up. And, and let's talk about the late great planet Earth. <sighs> of course, that book predicted that the rapture was going to take place in what, 1988, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. That's a dead issue, right? Completely. It's completely, absolutely, past tense, was proven dead wrong. Not a little bit wrong. Uh, it's common knowledge that uh, what – how Lindsay's – well, what his, his his pet is, of course, is racing horses. He spends millions of dollars on them. Um, hmm. So it is, it is no secret that how Lindsay – well – you know, Joe, you and I have a basis. We have a baseline for what being a Christian is, right? Yes, sir. I mean, a baseline for that is, is obviously basically at least the Ten Commandments, right? <laughs> at, at the very least, yes. Well, you don't have to worry about either one of these two following or holding to the Ten Commandments. That's that's not going to happen. Begs the question, why do people keep doing this? Why, why do they keep jumping on this bandwagon? When there's all kinds of... of Really edifying biblical information that you can you can look at. 
And we're going to take a look at, at one of those right now. Uh, Joe, just, just let me ask you something. When's the last time you heard uh, a really uh, good uh, audio on the two witnesses? Mm. No, it, it, not really. And tell me, what, what is your general knowledge of them? What what really stands out about them? Uh, from what people say or just myself? Just yourself. Uh, two witnesses, this – oh, goodness. Um, general knowledge would be, uh, well, Moses and Aaron – uh, first and foremost, that's that's right where my mind has to go. Um, but this also plays out to I don't know how to describe that, but uh, well, let's let's just say a, a placement in time, um, a a way of placing time, I guess. Uh, a, a viewer or a view hold of time um, also as well. So that's that's what comes to my mind. All right. Well, generally when you talk to people about the two witnesses, you know, what, what really, uh, what really they, they like to talk about is that um, when they do die, because the beast that comes up from the abyss makes war on them and kills them, that people send each other gifts, okay? And, and and let's just let's just read this. I mean, this is the scapegoat we're talking about. Uh, the scapegoat has already been uh, uh, talked about many times on this broadcast, but he's the beast from the sea. He's the beast that comes out of the sea. As the great angel has one foot on the sea and one on the land. But picking up in uh, Revelation chapter eleven and verse seven, and when they have finished their testimony. The beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them, and shall overcome them and kill them. Verse 8. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. And they of the people and kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the graves. So, what is all this about? Why would they do this? Let's, let's take a gander at the next verse, verse 10. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And here we go again. It mentions it again. Verse 11. And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and the great fear fell upon them which saw them. <coughs> so, Joe, you're, you've, you've heard of this before. Have you heard anybody talk about why it's three and a half days that this happens? Have you ever heard anybody discuss this at all? Nope. Well, it, it does present a lot of problems here because this is not too biblical. Okay, Joseph locked up his brothers for what? Yeah, three days. Okay. 
um, Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for, yeah, that's right, three days. Jesus was in the heart of the earth for, that's right, three days. Yeah. We could go on and on and on and on and on. It's always three days. It's never three and a half. Now, <coughs> sorry, I've got a massive chest cold going on here, ladies and gentlemen. The big question is, is that people don't realize that it's already been laid out in the book of Revelation that time is turned sexagesimal. What does sexagesimal mean? Well, it means that it's divisible by 60. It's not a 10 increment system that we normally have, and, and this is what we've always had. This is why there's, there's uh, 360 degrees in the sphere in the heavens. This is why there's 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour. That's the whole purpose. <coughs> but we've already been taught in the book of Revelation, in chapter 9, uh, most illicitly, that now uh, time is sexagesimal. Um, 42 months has exactly 1,260 days. Five months has exactly 150 days. So time is, is, is different now. So it begs the question why nobody brings this up. What he's really wanting you to see is noon. That's what he was wanting you to see. He's wanting you to see noon. Three and a half days means this is noontime. He's wanting you to see noontime, and he's wanting you to see everybody rejoicing. That's what he's wanting you to see. Now, we know what happened to, well, Jesus. He was risen first thing in the morning, correct? Everybody knows this. They went to the garden in the morning, yada, yada, yada. He's wanting you to see noon, and he's wanting you to see celebration. Now, any biblical expert will be able to tell you right, right out of the gates, well, really, there's only one thing he could be talking about in reference to Bible prophecy. That is the 8th chapter of Amos. He can't be talking about anything else. And when you take a look at that, it, it, it starts off off the hook. You don't know what he's talking about. The first thing that Amos talks about is, um, well, the price of beans in China, basically. Makes absolutely no sense what, what, what he's talking about. How he, The first two verses don't make sense because they want you to think that it says, well, one thing. A basket of summer fruit? No, no, that's that's not what it says. I mean, I appreciate uh, them trying to put together some form of translation and giving it to you, but not just the Hebrew, even the Greek is off the hook. You look at it and you scratch your head, you're like, what in the name of the Lord are you talking about? I mean, Lord, what, what, what on earth are you talking about? When I say that, people realize, well, before we even take a look at this chapter, we better set up. Because, of course, Matthew is, is right. He's wanting you to see noontime, and he's wanting you to see celebration. Is there any way around that, Joe? I mean, he made himself perfectly clear that um, these prophets get killed by the beast from the abyss that they're worshiping. Right. And they celebrate that these two prophets are finally dead. Right, they, they they celebrate. They even send each other gifts, right? Yes. So he's wanting you to see massive celebration, a celebration being halted after three and a half days, which puts you at noontime. There's no way around it. Now, have you ever heard anywhere in your biblical studies anybody hook up Amos chapter 8 with the death of the two witnesses? Have you ever heard that before? Negative. 
have you ever heard of this massive anomaly that Amos chapter 8 starts off with? And I haven't really said anything about it, but have you heard anybody mention this this basket of supposed summer fruit? Not to my recollection, no. All right, well, it makes for a very interesting read uh, when you realize that God has to be talking uh, about this very event. And he says some things that's off the hook here in these 14 verses. Um, he mentions the God of Dan. And we all realize that, well, Dan is missing from the list in Revelation, right? Yep. So there is some serious, serious <clears throat> exegesis that needs to be put into this. Serious exegesis. So, boy, I am really fighting uh, this itching in my throat to, to cough. So, Joe, can you bring up these uh, 14 verses, Amos chapter 8? And yep. uh, can you read them for us? Yeah, just let everybody know what translation you're going to be reading them out of. And, uh, well, let's just let's just take a look at it. All right, uh, Amos chapter 8, I'm going to be reading out of the NASB. Thus the Lord God showed me, and behold, there was a basket of summer fruit. He said, what do you see, Amos? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, the end has come for my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. The songs of the palace will turn to wailing in that day declares the Lord God. Many will be corpses in, the, in every place. They will cast them forth in silence. Hear this, you who trample the needy to do away with the humble of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain and the Sabbath that we may open the wheat market to make the bushel smaller and the shekel bigger, and to cheat with dishonest scales, so as to buy the helpless for money, and the needy for a pair of sandals, and that we may sell the, the refuse of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, indeed, I will never forget any of their deeds, because, because of this, let me start that over. Because of this, will not the land quake and everybody who dwells in it mourn? Indeed, all of it will rise up like the Nile and will be tossed about and subside like the Nile of Egypt. It will come about in that day, declares the Lord God, that I will make the sun go down at noon and make the earth dark in broad daylight. Then I will turn your festivals in the morning and all your songs into lamentation. And I will bring sackcloth over everyone's loins and baldness on everyone's head. And I will make it like the time of mourning for an only son. And the end of it will be like a bitter day. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send famine on the land, not famine for bread, or a thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger 
from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They will go they will go to and fro and seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. In that day, the beautiful virgins and the young men will faint from thirst. As for those who swear by the guilt of Samaria, who say, as your God, as your God lives, O Dan, and as the way of Beresheba lives, they will fall and not rise again. Well, Joe, I'm sure you you picked up on it. That was most definitely lining right up with the two witnesses, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And now you you begin to realize that. Well, let's 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 talk about forty days. We know that there was a earthquake when Christ rose, right? Mm-hmm. It said that the angel come and moved the walk, and there was a rock, and there was a great earthquake. And he was here for 40 days before he rose, correct? Same thing with uh, Jonah, actually. Jonah was spat up uh, by the uh, great fish, and then he uh, proclaimed uh, you know, repentance uh, in Nineveh for 40 days. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. And it says some very strange things here about how the earth will rise and fall like well, it's stating there, you know, how the Nile when mm-hmm. the, is affected by the tide. And you see that he's saying that the whole earth is going to do this. Right. And you also see that uh, how will men stagger back and forth waiting thirsty for the word of the Lord? This must be a terrible time of silence, no doubt about it. But we also have an answer to this riddle. That is in Daniel presented to us that, you know, the 1,290 days, but, you know, those who endure to the end of this 1335, this this magical 45 days, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So it makes you think that that's how long this goes on, that after this resurrection takes place, it's 45 days later that the Son of Man impacts the late great planet Earth. So, all this information, I mean, I'm sure that this is really, well, making the listener real to and fro. It's probably making you real to and fro because you realize that, oh my goodness, everything that they were talking about, the two witnesses, that is what Amos is talking about. Oh, absolutely. Um, There's no way to get around it. Yeah, he's, Mm -hmm. he's talking about the event of the two witnesses. And what does these strange things in, in, in verse 14 mean? Uh, about uh, the guilt of Samaria, uh, the, oh. the you know the God uh-huh. of of Dan, they mm. shall fall and not rise again. <laughs> These things are off the hook. They're they're off the hook and and should be studied properly. I mean, this should be hammered out. I mean, look, let's let's take a gander once again and realize that he's talking about the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, he's he's talking about the entire earth right now. Just just listen, verse eight. Because of this, will not the land quake and everyone who dwells in it mourn? Of course, this is what breaks their mourning. Of course, when the two witnesses are risen after three and a half days, this makes it noontime. This is noon, 
and everyone who dwells in it mourn. Indeed, it will rise up like the Nile, and will be tossed about and subside like the Nile of Egypt. It will come about in that day, declares the Lord God, that I will make the sun go down at noon, and make the earth dark in broad daylight. That's a serious threat, Joe. Mm-hmm. That's a serious threat. He just threatened you. And we're talking about the Lord God. This Amen. is going to happen. You, you can take this to the bank. Whatever your fantasies are concocting are thrown away like garbage compared to these, these two verses. This is what's going to happen. This is going to happen. And it's going to happen in, in just this way. And you take note that it's this noon time when this when he makes the sun go down at noon that he uh, cloaks the earth in darkness in broad daylight. This noon that all the gaiety stops. It's it it's it's in game. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. So this is going to be a pretty. <laughs> <clears throat> you can just imagine. What, look, Joe, we have talked many times how we're going to be in a place prepared, right? Yes, sir. So I wonder what that's going to be like this this time here. So, because we're not going to know what's going on, right? No. We're we're actually not going to know what's going on because we're in a place prepared. Now, you can prove that emphatically. We've been taken to a place that's been prepared for us by God. Revelation chapter 12 comes right out and tells you. So if we're there, we don't know anything about these 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 two witnesses. Because they're tracing through the earth, you know. I mean, they're afflicting the whole earth, right? They've got everybody ticked off, right? Yes. And, uh, well, you can just imagine, it's just like uh, being in Goshen during the Exodus, right? Because the plague of darkness didn't happen there. The... The children of Israel was not affected by the plagues. They were safe in Goshen, correct? Correct. So they didn't have, uh, you know, Moses and Aaron on big screen TV watching what was going on in the in the throne room with Pharaoh, did they? No. But it's safe to assume that they obviously knew something was going on, and it just begs to reason that what's going to be going through our minds and. You know these the, this very strange comments that people uh, go back and forth, uh, not thirsting for water. He makes himself pretty clear, mm-hmm. not thirsting after water, but after the word of the Lord. Now, let's 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 pick this up in eleven. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or thirst for water but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. There's something everybody is forgetting that happened back there, um, well, with the with the two witnesses. What is the word uh, that is, is, is heard there? Now, everybody should realize what happens when, um, well, when they get up. Everybody knows what's, what's heard, right? It is stated of them, uh, verse 12 of Revelation chapter 11, and they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. Amen? Amen. 
you have to realize that the last thing spoken here is come up here, and now let's go – and everybody realizes what I just read in, in Amos chapter 8. Let me read it again. So this is the last thing they hear is come up here after three and a half days, and now all their celebrating comes to an abrupt end uh, because they were sending each other gifts, and they were, they were celebrating that these two witnesses were dead, and this had been interrupted. Now comes this stretch of time. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine for bread or thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea, and from north even to the east, and they will go down to and fro and seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. At least we have this in context now, right? Absolutely. I mean, no, now this... you now you absolutely have this in context. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, this is. Uh, well, I, this to me, this is this is just uh, uh, realizing the the people actually coming to grips with this is it. Um, they have literally been made void. Um, they are. Well, they're dry. There's nothing. There's no bread. There's no water. Uh, <laughs> they are the, the only thing they're good for is for kindling. And now they know it. And now they know it. You know, it's it's it is exciting once you put this into context, though, isn't it? Because. People normally uh, that's looking over Amos and they're reading Amos, they get to Amos chapter 8. They have no context for it, do they? No. And, well, it's like, well, what does that mean? And now you have context for it. And, Amen. And that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. You, you have to admit that, that now it's, it's pretty exciting to understand that. Absolutely. Have this in context that now you can come to grips with what God was talking about in Amos chapter 8. Now it makes sense. Now it makes a whole lot of sense. So now you understand why it's three and a half days. Mm-hmm. And the simple fact that you have to be told that, well, time is different now. Jonah was in the belly of the fish during a certain quanta of time, when time was equal to 24 hours in a day and 365 days in a year. These two witnesses are not in that time. So he's trying to see that time is elongated, but also now you realize everything that's happened with these with these two witnesses. Why? He was trying to point out to you, three and a half days is noontime. Half of a day is noon, Joe. That's noon. Right. He was telling you noon, and <clears throat> any one who calls themselves an an eschatology expert should have immediately knew that and looked for references in the Bible to noon in association with celebrating. Amos chapter eight. There you go. Bingo. <laughs> and what do you think of the earth? Uh, I mean, you realize that he just told you. Well, let's. 
let's describe this, Joe. What -hmm. happens when, you know, the rains come? Does the the river goes up, right? Yes. The Nile floods every year, right? And it heaves, it, it, it expands, right? It gets bigger, right? Yes. And then it goes down, right? Yep. That's what he told you the earth was going to do. That's pretty scary, right. Joe. That's 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 scary. That's that's really scary. Realizing that he said, "No, nah, the whole planet's going to do that." He's so mad. I mean, people just don't get this. The fury of the Lord, their God, comes up in his face, and he does this to the earth. I mean, that's. That's pretty scary. And he tells you that two of the cardinal points come unhinged. I mean, you realized why he said that. You always say north, then south, right? Yes. You always say east, then west, right? But he doesn't say that. He he says north and east. He gives you the two focal points. Right. That should scare you, Joe. Yeah. And it amazes me how people people just don't get it. They can't see it because I I don't know it's 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 hard for me to quantify why they can't see these things, why they don't understand these these things. It it really is hard for me to I I mean when somebody comes out and likens a man to the biblical Esther, I mean that's 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 kind of retarded anyway. Amen. So I have a hard time contemplating what they put together with with Bible prophecy anyway. But I know I've probably rattled their cage, and I probably even rattled your cage by pointing out the simple fact that Amos chapter 8 is talking about the two witnesses. No, it makes perfect sense. So It makes perfect sense. Um, Yeah. So... What's your thoughts? What can we learn from these things here? And let me ask you this, Joe. What do you make of verse 14? What do you think this God of Dan is? Of Samaria. Um, the only one I can think of is is uh, the uh, beast from the abyss. That's yeah. Yeah. That's exactly where my mind has to go. That that this is a, a, the, the god of fortresses, or well, the one that's a false prophet worships. It's kind of hard to get around that. I mean, it literally comes out and tells you in Revelation that it's the beast of the abyss that does kill these two prophets. That yada yada mm-hmm. yada. The false prophet makes this image and makes everybody worship the beast. Yada yada. So you know. No doubt about it. That's why this strange verse is here. You know that Samaria, well, what's Samaritans, ladies and gentlemen? Let, let me run into your party. A Samaritan is a person that is half Jew, half Assyrian. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they were excluded. You know, they were considered unclean because here's what the mighty Sennacherib did. He took half the people and then took uh, uh, those people that had been taken and replaced them with his own Assyrians. So they were intermingled. That's why that the Jews won't have anything to do with Samaritans. 
they're 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 half Assyrians. That's that's what they are. And then he puts that to the tribe of Dan, and then puts it to a place, uh, Beersheba. So, wow, this is. Uh, and and in here by saying Beersheba, please remember that this is the well. What 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 that name means, ladies and gentlemen, is well of seven. Why would he put that place name here? Well, well, as in being the abyss, ladies and gentlemen, a well of seven. And you know that this beast, of course, has seven heads. It's got seven princes. So anyway, mm-hmm. here it's encoded all over the place. What you're dealing with here, it's it's obviously that's what this is talking about. There's no getting around it. So, well, yeah, he's he's kind of reiterating uh, throughout, but it's it's uh, a little bit of a different vantage point is is I guess the best way of putting it on on the two witnesses, but reiterating exactly uh, everything else that's going to happen along with. Um, and then the, the very timing of, you know, what it, what it says in uh, Revelation. It just kind of gives you, uh, just he just he's gracious enough to give us another vantage point to see uh, just a little bit more. So, well, I mean, technically speaking, you should have already had Amos chapter eight down by heart, right? Technically speaking, yes. I mean, you should have done read this. At least once, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you sh- you should have never read Revelation without first reading Amos, right? So, um, you know, it, it it makes you really really consider this that uh, something is seriously going on here. Um, but it can be assumed that this earthquake uh, uh, that's been triggered uh, by a this resurrection. It's just like uh, Jesus's um, resurrection and triggering of an earthquake. That's what we're seeing here. And you have, mm-hmm. well, you're given dimensions uh, uh, there. Um, really hesitant to really go too far into this, but it's just absolutely amazing and off the hook once you really take a look at it. Gotcha. It, it really is. Um. Let's 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 we yeah let's let's go ahead and do that. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, "Come up here." And then they went up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies watched them. And in that hour, there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. Did you see that coming, Joe? You didn't see that coming, did you? You didn't see that coming, ladies and gentlemen, did you? Because, well, wait a minute. You're saying that all these people that have taken the mark of the beast? All these all these sinners are doing what? What's going on here? Let's go back to Amos. What does Amos say? They will go from coast to coast, right? Mm-hmm. Searching out the word of the Lord, right? Now it makes even more sense, don't it? Now it makes you sit back and realize that, boy, we really should take a study of this, shouldn't we? (laughs) (laughs) 
exciting stuff. It really is exciting stuff. It truly is. But, um, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Okay, I, I one seventh. Okay. Oh, you're starting to see the equations yeah. there, aren't you? Yep. Okay. You're starting to see that that mm-hmm. that seven thousand is affected by one tenth of the area. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yep. giving you equations there, Joe. That's what it's doing. Right. So. Well, uh, I had a blast. How about you? Always. Always, huh? <laughs> Always. <yeah>. Always. <laughs> Always. Well, uh, this is a pretty good rapture ruckus, I think. Um, you asked me about doing rapture ruckus last night, so I thought, you know, let's saddle up. Let's ride. Let's do it. We can do live now here on the Fringe Radio Network, so that's pretty cool. Nice. That is pretty cool. So, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we sign this puppy off? Um, I think, ladies and gentlemen, uh, definitely keep... Uh... Brother Matthew, in your prayers for his uh, illness and his uh, his uh, congestion. So um, that's not a not always a fun thing. So, and I, I really do appreciate, uh, and you should as well as him uh, not feeling the best, but uh, still saddling up and and uh, coming on here. So, uh, a, a, a very hearty thank you from from myself for doing that. Well, you are most welcome. Uh, we shall uh, sign off with uh, what do we got? Oh, we have to do the uh, the fringe cowboy donate uh, uh, spot that Johnny made. We'll do that. And uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope we got your gears turning. I hope you realize that uh, this afternoon you need to spend your time in Amos chapter eight, riddling the two witnesses. It'll blow your mind. I guarantee you that. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. God bless. Godspeed. FringeRadioNetwork.com slash donate. We don't need your money to survive. We pay for the network with our own hard-earned cash. But if you want to help us grow and reach more people, just go to FringeRadioNetwork.com slash donate. For a donation of $20 or more, We'll send you a free network t-shirt. Fringeradionetwork.com slash donate.